Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Welcome to episode 19. We have an amazing interview with an awesome fantasy author that we will get to in just a little bit. As for now, it is, wow, it is currently Valentine's Day. And Stephanie, what are you up to? Hey, Angela. So I'm excited because this week was the release of Seraphim Falling, and I'm really happy about that. For those of you who have not been following along, Seraphim Falling is a, it was supposed to be a short story, but it is a novella. It's a, it's a prequel novella for the Seraphim Resistance series. It's about angels, and it centers around the main character, Tataya, Scarlet-born Angel Fire, who is supposed to go through this coronation and she is going to be crowned and given the absolute ultimate duty of just ruling and protecting her angels from her throne, which thrones are what I call courts in my world. And so she goes through this and instead of getting that crown, they're attacked. And now she has to decide what she will do and how far she will go to protect her angels and to also save her own life. And so it's really, I'm really excited. Just so much positive feedback already. It's adventurous. It's fun. It's fast paced. There's a, there's a little bit of sizzling romance in there, but um, I'm just excited. It, it's been doing good. And um, the fun thing is it's free, you know, so people can go to stephaniebabaauthor.com and snatch Seraphim Falling for free and just be introduced to the world of Eladel. And so that's what I've been working on and I'm still focusing on that, but as the launch week kind of fades away, I'm also turning that energy right back to the episodic stories of the mercenary and the Aryan Empire. So I'll be writing episode one and getting that out to my audience. So what about you, Angela? What do you have going on? Awesome. I will have to say I did read your little short novella and I absolutely loved it. It, it just has everything. And it was really short. It was so emotional. And I was just kind of freaking out the whole time. I was like, ah, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, no. Like, uh, it was amazing. Like, it's a great story to read, especially for people that want to study craft a little bit more. And you just kind of want to get your feet wet with something shorter. Like, that's a great uh, little short story. Well, not so short story <laughs> to study. Um I am kind of just celebrating and basking in the launch of Pawn, which is the Nut at the Dark Fae book one release actually today. So that's really exciting. I met my pre-order goal, which I'm really happy about. And after kind of looking at the numbers, I will definitely do a pre-order again. It was definitely worth it. And I think I sold a lot more um, just kind of starting now that I would have. I just released it today and said, boom, it's out. So that was really awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's just going really well. I'm writing and having fun and all the good things are happening. So that that's great. And oh, I think we have something very new and exciting for our listeners that we're announcing. We officially have indie author lifestyle workshops. Yes, throw all the confetti. Bah, 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 bah. Woo! <laughs> 
So what these are real quick, they are live workshops and they'll be taking place every single month. Stephanie and I will be going live together to talk about different topics. And our first one is coming up in March is all about crafting engaging emails, helping you keep those subscribers and figure out what to do with them once they are on your list. And we'll also talk about a little bit about where to find them as well and how to really focus on that growth and engagement and converting those subscribers into rating fans and buyers. So that's coming up in March. You can get all of the details by heading over to indieauthorlifestyle.com forward slash workshops. And of course, that link will be in the show notes. We'll head into our interview. Hello and welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Today we have a very special guest. USA Today best-selling author Alicia Kalpecki wants to infuse readers' lives with unique magic, far-flung fantasy settings, and romance. Her inspiration springs from an obsession with history, years of world travel, and the fantasy she grew up reading when she was supposed to be doing her math homework. When she's not writing, Alicia teaches karate to kids, adults, and the occasional country music star at her school just south of Nashville. That might be why writing fight scenes is her favorite. Alicia, welcome to the show. Hopefully I didn't butcher your last name. <laughs> you totally did, but it's okay. You're <laughs> Tell us how to say it correctly. You're fabulous. No one can say it right. My, even my own mother says it wrong consistently. Like, I said it wrong for like the first year I was married. It's claw or claw peak, kind of. Just ignore the H and then you're good. The H yeah. is throws everybody. Cla peak. Yeah, it's just cla peak. Yeah. Oh, but nice. It's I like it. I mean, like, well, I'll stop talking about it, but thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, welcome. You do so much cool stuff. Like you write, you teach martial arts, you do all these cool things. Tell us about, yeah, tell us just how you got started. Um, well, as for uh, martial arts, I got started, um, well, I was always kind of the rough one getting in trouble for punching my friends in the arm, just like joking around, but I was always too rough. Um, and I took a couple like self-defense classes with the police department in college and loved it, but there was, there weren't really any programs that were really for me as a woman <laughs> when I was younger. Um, but then during grad school, I met a friend of my husband's and she was taking his classes and long story longer, I fell in love with the classes and the dude teaching them. So <laughs> yeah, so we teach Thai kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Krav Maga, which is the Israeli military's fighting. Um, and it's all really actually easy to learn and really fun. And it's a great workout. So I enjoy it. It's fun. I, as for writing, um, I'm one of those people that wrote when I was a kid, like most of us, right? Uh, doing writing contests in school and being a complete nerd. Um, and then I got involved with the SCBWI, which is the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. That is so hard to get right. Um, and I began querying some books and ended up with an agent from Andrea Brown, but traditional publishing really wasn't for me. Like maybe down the road, who knows? I'm not saying never, but I'm, I liked running my own business with my husband because we run our own martial arts school. And so I was kind of experienced with running a small business anyway. So it attracted me. I like, 
I like the challenge of it and the excitement and the fact that I'm queen. I don't like anybody bossing me around. So anyway. <laughs> I totally get that, especially the bossing around thing. So it sounds like indie author life is pretty perfect for you. Mm, for sure. So when did you begin publishing? What kind of spurred you to go ahead and just kind of leave the agents behind and do it all yourself? Well, I still had my agent well into self-publishing and she was super supportive. Her name is Kathleen Rushall and she is awesome. And if you are wanting to go that route, I highly suggest you query her. She, she taught me so much and she was, like I said, super supportive about the whole thing. But, um, we were shopping books and, and talking and working and editing and she was very hands-on and it was all great, but like, I just was tired of the sluggish pace of traditional publishing. Like I write pretty quickly and I have a lot of ideas and I don't really want to sit there and edit something for five years and then never have it become published. And it just made me sad. And I was bored. So I was like, okay, this book hasn't sold yet. I think I'm going to self-publish it because it's been really close. We know that it's at a good level and I'm going to do it. And she was like, I don't know. I don't know if you should, but I just couldn't, I couldn't resist the siren call of KTP. So I did it. I went for it about 2016, I guess it was that I did that. So. Seriously, that is so awesome. Um, and I think that's honestly the story that we keep hearing. It's that, you know, Trad is slow. I mean, it's awesome for those who really just are not in the mood to get their hands dirty with marketing and all the things, right? You know, you want someone else to do all the work for you, which <laughs> you're technically still doing work. Um, but we won't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that seems to be the story for everyone. And so, you know, when did you, did you always want to publish or did there, did you reach a point where you were like, you know, I love this as a hobby, but I think that this is something that I actually want to do full time as a career. Well, I started writing as an adult um, when my first child was born and my brain was turning to mush because there was just not like, I was talking to another friend the other day. I was like, yeah, there just wasn't that much on the internet at that time. Um, <laughs> and like breastfeeding and doing dishes is great and all. Oh, cute. But you're so bored. I was like, so bored. So I was, I just started writing this big hulking novel that no one will ever see. It's a disastrous dumpster fire of nightmare. But um, I just was doing that for fun, you know, like during nap times, late at night, avoiding things that I should have been doing. Um, but then like after I finished that and I actually queried that book, which <laughs> I should not have done that, but I did. Um, I don't know. I started getting into these, um, like this was a while back. Let's not talk about how long ago this was. Uh, my son's 14 now, so if that gives you a hint. This was a while back. So we, I was in chat rooms, like talking to people about queries and learning about publishing. And really, I just became fascinated with the business side of it. Um, so I decided I kind of wanted to like, try to do this for real. Um, so the way that our business was working, I could just do it part-time. So I decided to start writing part-time and acting like it was a part-time job. So it kind of went from there. That's actually such a super smart way to go. And I feel like you have an edge on a lot of authors just because you have a very entrepreneurial spirit anyway. And so with just treating it like a part-time job from the start just really kind of puts you in a great mindset. I feel like just kind of thinking back on when I started, like being more 
intentional, I guess, about making sure like I, I was treating it more like a career, less than a hobby would have, I don't know, it might've changed things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. So you went ahead and you published and then what happened? Oh, it was, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but I'm just going to tell you all, cause you get me, this is my tribe. I, when I had, I had a uh, release party at Parnassus Books, which is an independent bookstore here in Nashville. And like every relative in the planet came to see me and all my writer friends and a lot of my writing heroes were there, like CJ Redwine and Victoria Schwab. I mean, just like people I had been reading their fantasy, you know, and I loved them and they were kind of friends to me and all it was just a room full of supportive people that just blew my mind that it was like the best night. Like, of course, except for my babies being born and getting married, but like, it was the best. Like I, I was so happy. It was a great launch. And actually I was so lucky because I didn't know what I was doing at all. I knew nothing about ads. I didn't know anything about promo things. (laughs) Like I knew zero. So the fact that it did as well as it did is, is really surprising. And then it took me like 11 million years to like write the rest of the books. So I kind of screwed it all up, but I think you have to kind of just get started and and do the journey and try not to worry about it. I think that's such a great point because we can get hung up on trying to do the process perfect, you know, like write the thing, publish the thing, market it. Okay. You know, you have like 30 days, get back out there. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a process, you know, one will go great. The other one (laughs) may fall a little bit flop. That's okay. (laughs) You know, you can recover that. So let's talk about your stories, you know, like, so for the, for our listeners who may not have heard of your stories before, which I mean, they're awesome and you're, you're great, you know, but, um, you know, tell let, tell us a little bit about your story, like the kind of fantasy that you write and where you get your inspo from them. I am really inspired by history. Um, as Angela read in my bio, that's kind of my jam. I, I'm not a person I can sit there and quote all the amazing information like I'm some kind of history professor. I don't have that brain, but I, I appreciate it so much and I do way more research than I ever should. But I go into museums and like different things kind of spark ideas. I'm like, and, and I turn it into fantasy. Like, yes, that, but with magic. Like, and different things I read about in like battles and whatnot in history, I like to turn that on its head and say, but what about if that was fantasy and this was happening? So history really inspires me because I, I'm just attracted to it and it's fascinating and obviously it really happened. And sometimes like you can't make that crap up. It is crazy. Like some of that stuff that happens, it just, it blows my mind. Like, I don't know. Anyway, it's yeah. So history inspires a lot of my um, characters, a lot of my plots. They're usually a mishmash of different things from around the world. And I really hope I don't offend people, (laughs) but that's kind of what I do. Um, I love, I love studying culture, even local culture, Mm. culture when I travel around the world. I'm fascinated with like slang and colloquialisms and um, the way people um, even have weird stuff like funerals, you know, like it's, it's always, always very fascinating to me, like how people live their day-to-day lives just in different places. And I like kind of cherry picking from that to create my own. So world building is, is huge. And then I, so I usually start with like a world or an event 
And then I think of a character inside that environment, like who would be struggling here? What would be a bad place to be? You know, like what, what, what stories are sitting in this world that I've made? Um, and the story kind of grows out of that. So mine always have a lot of world detail. Um, the stuff under my name for sure um, comes a lot from history. Uh, and there's always a lot of um, kissing because I love romance. I think love is super important and drives major things in the universe. So to me, um, love stories, whether they be happy endings or bad endings, which my main people always have happy endings. I'm sorry. I'm just like Thank that. you. <laughs> I just have to do it. It'll take a while, but it'll be happy. Um, so yeah, a lot of romance in those two. Now, I've, I started a pen name too, but I don't know if you all want to talk about pen names or not. No, I absolutely. do. <laughs> Look at us, both of us saying yes. No, it's really cool because I read the first, I don't know, three or four chapters in your new pen name story, which you're going to tell us all about. Uh, and it was really cool because you said it in Nashville and, or I guess more Franklin, but still, you and I are both in the Nashville area. And it was really cool because I haven't really read an urban fantasy where it was set in a place where I'm like, oh yeah, I know this place. Like I know that street. Like, oh, I used to live on that street. Just things like that. And it just was really fun, like seeing things that I could recognize in it. But yeah, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I am, I'm writing under the pen name Eve A. Hunt, which are some family names. Um, from way back, I'm making my great grandmother roll in her grave. But um, <laughs> that is more um, urban fantasy, paranormal romance, uh, because it's set in the modern world, like like you're saying, it's, it's set in Franklin, which is where I live, just south of Nashville. Um, and I'm using all the streets and the coffee shops I go to. And she, um, yeah, she operates a bakery, which is basically wedged in between real places on Main Street. Um, and it's been really fun writing in a real place. I mean, I've, I've written a couple books like that, but I've never published any. Um, so it, it's kind of refreshing to take a little bit of a break from epic fantasy and to use the place where I live. It has a very different feel to it. And, and my pen name is a little naughty. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> she, uh, she swears a little bit and she definitely has some sexy times going on in her books. They are very steamy. Um, and yeah. So it's, it's, it's been very different. <laughs> nice. And what made you decide to go that route? Like why, why did you get, you know, get the pen name and then start to write like these different stories? What triggered that? Well, first off, I would start off by saying authors, if you are thinking about this, think hard because two names is really hard for me anyway to balance. It's been a lot of work, but the reason why I wanted to do it and I don't regret it is because so I'll start off as me as a reader. Me as a reader, like I like books that sometimes I know that are going to be PG or PG-13 and I don't have to unpack certain emotions um, or I can share them with my teens, you know, and the teens that I teach at martial arts. And then sometimes when I'm a reader, I want things that have a little bit heavier adult themes that relate more to me. Um, and I want some more adult situations. I want some steam in there, baby, every once in a while. Um, but I want to know that like as a reader, I want to know what I'm getting into. Cause some days I'm in a Disney mood. Some days I'm in like a mm, mood, you know what I mean? So I want to know what I'm getting into when I open a book and I'm not JK Rowling. Everyone doesn't know what I write. So I figured with two names, I could really clarify the branding. Um, and I teach, like I said, I teach kids at martial arts. 
Um, so I want them to know, like, cause I sell my books at our business here. I'm actually here at our school right now. Um, that's why there's a sword in the background. <laughs> but anyway, um, when I set my books out, I don't, I don't really want to mess with my pen name books being out there. I want them to be comfortable and their parents to be comfortable getting my epic fantasy stuff under my real name. So for me, that's what it was, but I'm running the pen name really lean. Mm. Um, like I'm not getting it, her giving her own website or anything like that. She doesn't even have an email, the poor thing, but I, I'm just like answering emails from my email, you know, and I explain it. I'm just very open about it. Um, she has a tab on my AliciaClapeek.com website um, that I use for my, um, my freebie with the sign up with the newsletter. Um, so I'm just running it really lean because I don't even know, you know, if, it, if it'll really take off. I, I have no idea. I'm having a blast doing it. I have a lot of pre-orders on book one, so that's a good sign, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's just an open pen name, very open. That's really cool. And I think that's really smart because you are diversifying your audience and you're thinking about, okay, these people over here want this and these people over here want this. So let me make sure that I'm giving it to them, but they're not getting confused because you're writing so many different themes under one umbrella name. So I think that's a smart idea. Great way to go. Um, smart way to run it lean. So with the pre-order, so you went ahead and are doing pre-orders. Have you like forgetting those pre-orders, are you doing a lot with marketing to your current audience? Or are you just trying to really focus on the people that you know will like that new stuff? I have kind of held back on marketing to my current audience because I want to make sure that this new, that the pen name reaches the right people first, um, just to make sure that Amazon knows who to show this to. Because even if my list would be like, yeah, I like Alicia. I'll buy her new stuff from her pen name. And that's awesome. And they might like it, but they might also normally buy like Brandon Sanderson books. And your general Brandon Sanderson reader is not going to like my pen name books. They're, even though they're both fantasy, they're, they're very different. Like one's contemporary fantasy, you know, one's epic fantasy, secondary world and the real world, you know, so, and the heat levels are very different. So I, 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 I'm kind of holding back on, on sharing with my own audience. I mean, some of them know, and I've, I've said it, I've told them, but I'm definitely not pushing it. I'm using um, like Facebook groups with authors that should be in my also bots, basically. So like I know Laura Thalassa, you know, allowed me to share it her, in her group. So I was able to kind of grab some of her readers and Amelia Hutchins was helping me out with some stuff and, and I shared with some of her readers. And then I did, uh, Amanda Steele and I did this huge read along for the Folk of the Air, um, which is secondary world, but it starts in a contemporary, it kind of crosses over into both genres, but we did that big read along for the Cruel Prince, Wicked King and Queen of Nothing. And we brought in a bunch of people from that audience, that heavy on fan I mean heavy on romance fantasy um so I've been pushing a lot to that group as well so are you finding that for the eBay hunt stories you're just kind of just sticking to more so communities um of fans that uh, of friends I should say that you're kind of growing organically rather than like trying to put out you know mass promotions you know ads and video and all that stuff right yeah like I said I'm trying to run really lean I she doesn't have her own money yet. <laughs> that girl. I tell you, she's a sloth. No, anyway, she does not have her own money yet. So she's borrowing from me. So 
I put her on a very strict budget. Um, I did run an AMS ad for a while just to make sure my also bots were populated properly. Um, which by the way, don't do those right now authors. They're so freaking expensive. I don't know when you're airing this, but geez. Anyway, but I ran a, I ran them long enough, like super targeted to the exact like people that I think my uh, pen names book fit with, like C.N. Crawford and Lindsay Hall and the other two authors I just mentioned a minute ago. Um, and But once I could see they were populated, I turned it off because like I said, I just want to run a really lean ship on this until we get sailing because, because debt stresses me out. I don't ever want to be in debt ever. So I pay for pretty much everything that I can. So that's kind of my, my goal there. Yeah, I totally get that. I also run my business on cash. <laughs> Fun times. When the money's out, it's out. Yep, that's right. You're like, it goes off because there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay, done. Yeah. No, I think that's really smart. And I actually think that's a really cool way of marketing, just like really focusing in on those things. And I think it's helpful that you spent time building your brand and making friends with other authors so that you can go into their groups. Like you were not a stranger approaching them and going, hey help me market my book. And I think that makes a huge difference because I think it's really hard uh, when we have strangers come to us and say, Hey, like I have something awesome. I need you to share it with other people. And we're just kind of like, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, I, I think for sure you have to like, I mean, cause I asked a lot of people and even people that I consider like, maybe not, maybe not friends, but like <laughs> friends, you know, and, and I still got a lot of no's, but you know, you have to be gracious with that too, because if I know them, a lot of other people do, and they know a lot of people. So I try to be chill and happy about it regardless and just shrug it off. But you do have to kind of stick your neck out there a little bit. But that's kind of why I did this read along too, is because it, it got me working with some of the authors that were in that genre that I'd previously not known at all. Um, so when Amanda brought this up, like, I was like, I really want to do a read along. She's like, guess what I want to do. So it kind of worked just really well that she had this idea and I wanted to do it anyway. So, um, doing a project with authors in the genre you're aiming for is a super great way to get to know them because then you're giving to them, giving, 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 I'm building the website. I set up the giveaway. I'm doing this. I'm paying for this. And you're, you're giving to them first instead of just being like, knock, 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 come help me, please. I'm nice. You know? So I think you just get a better response that way for sure. No, absolutely. And I'd love to know. So for that's all that you're doing for the, um, eBay hunt, um, pen name, but what about for Alicia copy? So, um, as far as like when it comes to staying relevant in the reader's minds, because yeah, you have an audience, but you have to keep in front of them. You know what I mean? So like, what do you do to not only stay in their minds, but also just as far as like reaching out and expanding your audience? What are some of your strategies there? Okay. So right now I'm concentrating on my newsletter for my real name and just trying to really do a nice job taking time, taking a breath and really sharing with them every time I send a newsletter because a lot of these people, I mean, they've been supporting me since I published in 2016, which isn't a million years, but it's, you know, my whole publishing life. So I do appreciate them. And a lot of them are true friends to me. So if I can just, you know, calm down, <laughs> quit buzzing around like a maniac and actually talk to them in my newsletter and um, share books with them that I think are awesome. I'm picky about what I share. And I also make sure that I keep them updated on what I'm working on under my real name. Like 
last newsletter, well, actually it hasn't gone out yet, but the next newsletter, I'm telling them, okay, I'm, I finished drafting a book for my pen name, but what I'm doing for you all under my name is I'm outlining Sword of Oak right now. I know this is gonna take me a little while, but here is a Google form. I would love to hear your thoughts on what you'd like to see in this book, um, which character you think should do this, and what character you miss and would like to see more of. Is there an extra POV character you'd like to see? So I'm, I'm getting them to help me build the book before I've even written it yet, um, just to help them feel involved with the process, because yes, it will take me longer to release it because I'm taking this break to do my pen name. But I, I think breaks can be really good because I get bored easy. And if I don't take some time to put that book on the back burner, then it'll come out all vanilla. Like I want it to be really interesting and spicy and crazy and twisty. And I think if I leave it back there for a little while, it's not just me doing this pen name. It's also letting that kind of simmer. So I think it's actually good for them. And I'm just open with them. So I'm interacting through the newsletter mostly and through my Facebook group too. Yeah, I love that, uh, especially like putting it on the back burner while you work on something new. I'm actually doing the exact same thing just because I'm halfway through my six book series and I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm tired. I just need to take a break from these characters and do something else and come back so that people don't get to book four and go, Ooh, what happened? Like, <laughs> I want it to be amazing. That's yeah, right. That's really smart. And another thing I, so newsletters, it's, I'm actually on your email list. And so I do get your newsletters and I read them and they're always really fun and engaging and authentic. And I love that about them because I feel like a lot of people talk about newsletters and it's either like, Hey, like it's all doom and gloom. My newsletter doesn't work for me. I'm not selling books through it and all of that. But you found a way to actually engage people to make sure that you have your books that are selling when you send that out, how, I guess, what's your strategy around your, your newsletter? Because I think you're doing a fantastic job with it. I don't, well, thanks. That means a lot to me because you're fabulous. Good Lord. I, I feel <laughs> like I'm just trying, trying. Um, so I just try to start with something personal uh, to begin with and share a picture. Uh, not everybody's comfortable with that, but, um, but I figure I'm on everything. <laughs> Who cares about privacy anymore? Um, so I just, I share a picture. I share something personal. Um, it's not even usually writing related. I just like to kind of relate to everybody and just talk to them like they're a friend and share an image. Um, and then I'll have the books that I recommend in the middle, some friends. And I'll, if I if I remember to do it, I explain something about those people. So they kind of have some like a relation point to the people I'm sharing the books from. And then at the bottom, um, well, I always have my goat. <laughs> Listen, I love goat. I love those goat images. Like I love scrolling down just for the goats. <laughs> you know how many emails I get about the goats? Like they're like, you're great and all, but I'm here for the goats. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just try to, I, I don't know where that even started. I honestly don't even remember why I started doing that. <laughs> I just like goats and I know I can't have one because no, I, I want to be able to travel. So fewer animals, the better, but I just started putting little baby goats at the bottom. So I always do. People love it. Um, and then, oh, below that, I always have links. Um, I have a link to all my books and my audiobooks with a very short, stupid tagline. That's not my real tagline. Um, it's more of like, I'm just telling you what the book is like if I'm a nobody, like 
I'm not involved in it at all. And I was just telling you what the book was about. Like, this is like Aladdin, but that's not the right setting exactly. But plus add Vikings. Like, it makes no sense really to anyone but me, I'm sure. But it's just kind of my personality. So I just have that down there at the bottom, like um, all the book links. That's it. I don't know. I put my freebies at the top each time too. Um, so they don't, like the ones from Book Funnel, I've got like... Um, me reading the first uh, two chapters of a novella that I produced inside an anthology. Produced? I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, um, and then I've got like my other little prequels and bonus chapters and stuff like that. I've got links to all that right up at the top, right under the header. Um, so when they click on those, they don't have to resubscribe to anything. It just goes right to the material. So it's easy because even if the people have signed up for your newsletter, a lot of times they don't remember to download it or if they don't remember if they have, or at least that's how I am with other people's stuff. Um, so it's nice to just have that easy for them because uh, that's what I would want as a reader too. Honestly, I think your personal touch is genius. I will go ahead and confess that for my books list, I stick baby monkeys at the bottom. Because oh, yay! I absolutely love monkeys. And I was like, well, Alicia adds goats to her name. <laughs> well, I could add monkeys to mine. <laughs> like, I kid you not, that was literally the inspiration. I was like, well, she has goats, so. I love it. <laughs> but um, no, like, I love how you stay in touch with your with your people because I think sometimes it can be, there can be just such a focus on, I need to sell, 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 sell all the time. It's like, you're, but you're forgetting the crucial part of relationships, you know, because these people will turn into your evangelists for free. <laughs> I've got to share something with you. Hold on. <laughs> no, like for real. I'm so excited. <laughs> the suspense. Guys. Yeah, sorry. Like, impromptu, I'm making a bunch of racket. Um, yeah, like one of my readers made this for me for my queen of seas book and i'm like oh my god readers are the best look at this thing it that is, is so pretty oh wait they actually made you a illustration of our mermaid this is you can't really see it like on the camera but this is cross stitch oh my gosh stop yeah i can tell you brought it a little bit closer and i could see the. oh my gosh stop beads and everything it's crazy like little fishies Shay, that is amazing. You guys definitely should watch this either on Facebook or YouTube because that is such amazing art. Y'all actually need to watch this to see it. It's That's so incredible. And I'm so humbled, like all the work she put into that. And, and she was like posting about it on Instagram and like messaging me about it. And I'm like super touched. Like, I mean, that's why we write books. I don't money money. I spend it as soon as I make it like this kind of stuff sticks with you you know like it does <laughs> it's so true anyway oh, that's so hard touching like just one of the I feel like that's just one of the amazing things we get to be writers and then we have these readers that are such huge fans like they'll just go out of their way to do something to make our day that's incredible that's absolutely amazing and I mean, that, that's what it is, right? Like, you build that relationship, and then you have, I mean, evangelist is such a, like, oh, it's term, you know? But it's true, you know? Like, you get you get these readers who absolutely fall in love with your stories, but because of newsletters, and, you know, if they're done right, 
hint, hint. <laughs> you know, you can build these relationships where these readers, now they're connected to you, the author. And, you know, they create, you know, they do things where it takes them weeks on end to create or you know they share all of your things everywhere on social media or in person too sometimes I feel like we can put so much um so much emphasis on social media we feel like I mean there was marketing before there was social you know <laughs> like businesses were thriving before social you know so I think that's just super awesome and um I wanted to talk a little bit about your Uncommon World series that's the one that I'm most familiar with um so like what was the inspiration I mean I know that you you know as far as like the Alicia Kalfiki brand but ah I got this Alicia Kalfiki I'll say it like seven times and I'll get it oh <laughs> <laughs> it's because worry, I've been saying yeah. I've been saying coffee in my brain for so long. Okay, but don't worry. You know, so with your personal brand, right, and all these stories, like what got you right? Like I know you draw from history, but like the story itself, you know, I I, know, I think I messaged you and I was like, oh my gosh, her powers of salt! What that is so cool! <laughs> like where do you get these ideas and like bring it together in such a different world? Well, I mean, I think it's like, you know, all of us writers, it's a, it's the leaf mold of the mind. Whoever said that, it wasn't me, but like, it's, it's all the things coming together. Like I'm studying, I was studying like, um, like the Ottoman empire and different times before and after that. And then I happened to be at the beach during part of my outlining and I'm obsessed with the ocean. Like it's obnoxious how much everyone gets into the water in all of my books. I'm like, more ocean, get ready. <laughs> but like, for some reason, the ocean is just like this fast, it's kind of like outer space, but a lot more approachable. Like it's super mysterious and beautiful and dangerous. And so to me, I always want to have like that in my stories. Um, so Waters of Salt and Sin was all like, okay, I want to write this book about, I've just got this girl in my head because I've been studying that setting. And she was like, super attitude-y and like really determined and she was like don't talk about my sister I will cut you I will you know she was like rah and I'm like dang I can follow this girl on a story for sure so it, it really started from her I just all of a sudden like saw her in the setting it was just really bright I think I even had a dream about it I mean you know all the ridiculous writer things we do um, yeah and then I I love the Dementors from Harry Potter world. So my salt wraiths are very Dementory. Now it's not like I knock them off. They're completely different in what they do. They possess your mind and make you want to murder people. So that's messed up, right? But chocolate does nothing to help afterwards. Sorry, not in this world. But yeah, anyway, it was just, I guess, um, just loving being around the ocean. And I was around the ocean when I was plotting a lot of that. So I think that's, that's where a lot of that came from. So, so good. <laughs> and I kind of wanted like a niche fantasy, like, I don't know if niche is the right thing I want to say, but I wanted a fantasy that wasn't just like totally epic saving the world. Mm. Like I wanted it more like localized, like, almost like a local saint story, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, like kind of like Lee Bardugo does in her stories. Like it's like a localized saint story. And that's what I kind of wanted it to be for her. Um, because she saves a lot of people. She changes that area, but it, it wasn't a world epic. There's a dragon going to eat the heart of the universe kind of thing. It was, 
it was like down in scale, but it made it feel like more because you're right on this like little boat just with them, you know? So anyway, I don't know if I answered your question at all. No, for sure. Do you find that you're attracted to that though? Like you, you know, I mean, most epic fantasy, of course, it's like, let's go on a quest and save the entire universe. But do you find, because even with the eBay Hunt story, that's kind of home, you know, like yeah. it, it, it's, it's scaled down a bit. So do you find that you're more attracted to the more like, like we're going to do something epic, but it's going to be more homey rather than like, you know, let's go and visit 15 different planets. Like, you know, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Yes, yes, totally. I want it to be epic in the way um, of very visual, very bright, very moving. Um, you know for sure when the climax is, definitely not quiet. But I do like it being more um, contained within a certain culture or two or three, because I don't know, that's just kind of the stories that tend to come out of me or things that are more contained. Um, I'm not sure why, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah well I think I, I actually think that's really cool I think it's nice to do something that's a little bit different from more of a traditional mm-hmm. um just because I started reading like a lot more traditional fantasy and I was just kind of bored with it yeah. <laughs> to say the truth <laughs> but I really like yours because I feel like they're very character driven like I know you said you begin with the world but you do a great job of like bringing the character to life and so that you just really want to root for the character and it's impossible to put the book down because we need this character to win and then all the twisty things you throw in. So it's, it's excellent. I think it's really fun. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I feel like they just kind of, like I'll screw around with a character. Oh, that sounded wrong. I'll mess around <laughs> with writing a character. <laughs> and, um, And it'll like, I'll be like, no, you're going to be like this. You're like this. And you joke around a lot. And this is how you are. But then I'll start writing and you're like, that is just not how they're talking to me at all. They are completely the opposite. This is going to be a straight man. He is super serious. Like he is completely different than what I thought he was going to be. But I think as a writer, when we are in the story and just kind of letting stuff come out, the first draft is crap. You know, Hemingway said it. Anyway, but if you just let it come out, like the characters start kind of like talking to you, you know, and you, and you feel it. And I think if you don't fight that, that's why like, I'm definitely a plotter, not a pantser, but I, but my stories change dramatically, dramatically from my plot. And, and I think that's good. I think that's how it's supposed to be. So I'll plot, start writing, be listening, and then I'll replot. And then I'll be writing and listening. And then about halfway or three-fourths of the way through, I replot the ending because I've, I've gotten to know them and their backstories kind of came to me while I was writing. We had flashbacks or whatever. And I'm like, she would never do that because her mom died in a fire or whatever. You know, like it, it just kind of shapes what, how they're going to act. So I think, you know, even though, like you said, I start with setting, um, if you listen, characters really talk to you. And I know both of you girls are great at that. So I know you know all about it. (laughs) Oh, yes. They just go, wow. They just kind of do their own thing, which I think that's why I love writing so much is because I can get an ideal. And I know that as soon as I start writing, like something crazy is going to come out and it's going to be so different from my ideal and I'm going to love it. And I think it's just that process and that journey, which is just my favorite part, like sitting down, 
I think I'm obsessed with beginnings because I have like started so many novels. Like I'll just start, I'll be like, okay, like I can't work on this, but let me just write like, you know, maybe a thousand words. It'll be okay. And then I'll put it away and come back later. And it's just so fun starting. Cause then I'm like, Oh, all these crazy things that could happen. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I start, <laughs> let's not talk about how many started manuscripts I have on my laptop right now. That's what I'm about. Unless you're going to hand me some whiskey through the screen because that's a lot. It's a lot. And, but you know, you're right. We shouldn't count it as wasted time. I mean, cause it is us letting us kind of be creative and practicing that sort of thing. And that's all part of the process. Seriously. I love how you shared that. So I think that's the first time I've heard that where you said, you know, you plot, you go into it, then you plot again, go into it, but half with you, like you plot at the end. That's very interesting. Cause I've not heard that. And I think that's a really cool approach kind of like just letting you know you get it out right and then after a while it's like okay now the story gets a chance to tell itself like mm-hmm. listen this is what you thought um however <laughs> this is what's really going on so I think that process is really cool is there anything else as far as like when it comes to um the ideation really just bring it to life like is there any um anything else as far as like your routine and whatnot that you do when you're actually going through the writing process um, two things come to mind. Uh, one is I'll start off when I'm draft. I draft really lean. So I draft without too much um, detail. Uh, so a lot of times I'll even just put all in caps, like insert cool detail here, <laughs> like, or something like, tell us what kind of tree right here, like what kind of medicinal plant is this or something like that. So I like to go back in and be really detailed. I- I've got plants on the brain because I was writing a scene in a forest today. So that's why I keep talking about plants. But, um, but like, I want to know what kind of tree and what does that look like? You know, like some really specific uh, information, if it, if it fits for who's telling the story anyway, um, if they would know um, how they would describe it. Um, and then, so I, I go back and add that stuff in on my second round. So I write the whole thing really lean, doing that replotting. And by, pl- by outlining or plotting, I mean really skeleton. Like this needs to happen, then that, then that, then that. That's it. Like I don't have like A29, he walks into the room. You know, like I don't, not all that. Just like general. Um, but yeah, when I go back through, I add details for sure. And then the other thing that has changed with my process that has made it so much better has been using a critique partner that like completely gets me and we trade chapters when we're drafting almost every day and that is huge for me because she's motivated I'm motivated and even if we're just cheering for each other like some days I'm like okay I do not have my editing cap on today but it's okay because we don't really rely on each other for editing it's really more of like a motivation and is this making sense kind of thing um so us trading chapters each day it has been a huge change and it's been great. It's been fabulous. Ooh, I want to do that. That sounds really amazing. <laughs> I mean, I do like beta readers and stuff, but like it's, it's just a little bit different when you have someone and you know that they have an expectation every single day. That's really cool. But I love the fact that you guys also exchange, you know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, I'm giving you something and then like, okay, someone's reading it, but it's like, oh no, you gave me something too. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's nice too, because then I'm looking at her story 
And I'm like, oh, I love how she did this. And man, her mannerisms just show me that character perfectly, you know? And I'm like, I need to pay more attention to my mannerisms, you know? And to the tick that that character has. So it, it reminds me, you know, things that are her strengths remind me to pay attention to things that might be my weakness. Mm. Yeah, that's really smart. Oh, I love that. Well, mm -hmm. you're amazing. And we are almost out of time for today. But I love to know if there's anything else any words of advice or wisdom that you have for our listeners? Um, for today, I'm going to say, I've been listening to this audiobook, Do Less. You know, I talked about this, Angela. Yes. And I think um, my advice today is going to be uh, figure out what's draining your energy and try to give that job to somebody else. Yeah. Because I found out that social media was kind of draining the life from my soul because I was trying to run two names at once. And so I just decided to take a two-week break. And yes, that's not perfect for marketing, especially when I got a whole new series starting in January. But you know what? You have to know when to stop draining yourself because I don't want to get burnt out. I love what I do. Um, so yeah, that would be my only advice. Figure out something that might be draining you and seriously cut it off because it's not worth it. The writing is the most important part at the end. Mm. I, love that. I love that. Such wise words. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us and entertaining us. We loved having you on. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are amazing. You ask, ask such great questions. Well, you know, <laughs> you bring it out of us. <laughs> You're fabulous. Thank you so much. I'll come back anytime. Awesome. Bye. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to indieauthorlifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or a review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.